You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and check us out online at beardedtheologians.com. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians, hosted by Matt Franks and Zach Bechtold. And today we have a very special guest with us. We have Josh Pulver, who is the director slash manager at Egan Camp and Retreat Center uh, in Oklahoma. And uh, we have him on. He's going to tell us a little bit about camp and what they're doing out there at Egan. And and so, so Josh, tell us a little bit about yourself, and um, we'll go from there. Uh, I'm thankful that you all have me here today. It's it's an honor to be here. And I. I guess, you know, finally I started to grow some facial hair, so I finally got invited uh, to be on with you guys today. So I'm honored that at least I have enough to be included with the Bearded Theologians today. So um, it, it truly is an honor uh, to come in and talk about camps. Uh, camping changed my life. Um, you know, I grew up in the Methodist camping system here in Oklahoma. I spent a lot of time at, at Egan, where I am now as the director. And so I, it's, it's been a privilege to be back there. But you know, Matt does a great job here in Oklahoma with, with some of our camps and, and just a lot of a lot of pastors have felt their calling into the full-time ministry. A lot of lay people like myself have felt their call into uh, camping ministry or, you know, whatever ministry they're in, whether it be education or um, you know, trash service, you know, everything else like that. We've all got a call. And, and so uh, it's, it's been an honor to, to be a part of that and to help um, you know, cultivate that in the lives of, of our next generation. So, um, very fortunate to be at Egan where we are and, and uh, being able to be part of that ministry and the life-changing experiences that take place. And it's not just during summer camp. We're very fortunate that camp and retreat ministries have really taken, taken off and evolved to a place where it's not just summer camp anymore. We have retreats year-round um, that use our facilities at Egan, uh, whether it be men's retreats, women's retreats, quilting retreats, uh, you know, singles retreats. Uh, we also have addiction ministries that come out and do different retreats. You know, so there's, uh, we also have family reunions and weddings and you know, all that kind of stuff. They all take place. And, and uh, people that come out just for your everyday average non-spiritual uh, weekend still have a spiritual experience when they come out to a place like that. So um, country, nationwide, you know, our camps and retreats uh, ministries are, have really evolved, and, and it's really in a great place where we can uh, really reach out to a lot to a larger group of people than we have in the past. So that's really exciting. Uh, so Josh, um, there at Egan, um, you all just um, had some really rising waters uh, situations. Um, how, you want to kind of update people? Because I know some people uh, want to know what's going on with Egan and the, and the flooding situation there. Yeah, we, uh, it's, we live on the, we're on the Barren, located on the Barren Fork Creek, which is part of the Oklahoma Scenic Rivers Commission. And so it's just smaller than the Illinois River, which is our recreational river here in Oklahoma. And uh, so it, we can float on it. We have kayaks there at the camp that you can use in the creek. But we also have the Slate Bluff Creek that flows through the camp. So when we get extreme amounts of rain, life becomes interesting on the creeks. And uh, the Barren Fork comes directly over from Arkansas. So we actually get more impacted greater by, what the, by the rain that Arkansas gets uh, than by the rain we get. And uh, I like to tell the story. There was one day a few years ago that all of a sudden the creek turned murky and went up three feet and we had not received a drop of rain <laughs> and there wasn't a cloud in the sky. <laughs> and so um, we were sitting there just kind of thinking about it. And we looked on the radar and Arkansas was just getting blasted with rain. And, and you could see, you could see the storms off in the distance, but 
uh, we hadn't had we hadn't received a drop of rain that day, and the creek rose three feet. So we used the we used the term "Lord willing," and the creeks don't rise you know, to a, to a different extent that than most people do. But uh, yeah, April 29th, we received eight inches of rain in a 24-hour period, and the creeks were already full because twice that week uh, we had received large amounts of rain that had filled the creek banks and. We knew that we were in for a flood, so we had fortunately started preparing, moved all of our valuables out of the flood zone, and and well, to with the point that we can. You know, there's some stuff we can't move, but uh, we we move as much as we can to get it out of the way of the water. And, and uh, so we spent Saturday the 29th and all the way till 3:45 uh, Sunday morning on April 30th, and uh, we were we were watching the water rise um, off and on. And, and that's when the water finally crested and started going back down. And we received um, 10 inches of water over the level of our pool deck. We have a, a pool located right on the creek. And, and that's always interesting uh, to see what happens with that. And that's the third time in six years. And I've been at Egan for six years now. It's the third time that we've had water go over the pool. Um, the first time was 2011, actually the day I moved to Egan, uh, literally. We're sitting there unloading the moving truck and watched the water rise two and a half feet and came over, came over the pool. And that was the largest flood in the history of the Barron Fort Creek. Mm -hmm. It got into 12 of our buildings and we had $250,000 in damage. That was um, one of the most powerful experiences of my life, let alone the power of the water. But here we are a month from summer camp. I had not even taken over as director yet. And we received two hundred fifty thousand dollars in flood damage. Still had to hire summer staff. Staff hadn't been hired yet. Get ready for summer camp and do flood restoration all within that first month on my on the job. And I was I was twenty eight. I took I took over as director the day before my twenty ninth birthday. So uh, I was it was baptism by water definitely. And you know we <laughs> we've joked about that time you know from time you know, different times, but. Um, Living on the creek, it really is interesting. The water comes up and it goes down really quick. And uh, we were very fortunate this time. The water did not get into any of our main buildings, into our cabins. Uh, got into our pool again, but uh, most of our damage was along the creek banks. So uh, we're very fortunate. Um, we know it hit some people a lot harder than it hit us, and our prayers are with them. But we were very fortunate this time. You know, to, to put it into perspective for some of our listeners, um, out in New Mexico, you know, six inches or eight inches of water at once, that's a lot of um, people's annual rainfall. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> we get that all year, you know. Um, and, and so the danger that we have uh, in this area, especially around camp and things like that, uh, are fire danger. Uh, and so we, we, can, we can empathize on that end of, you know, just watching things happen, watching floods come in, watching fires pop up, and, and not being able to do a whole lot until it's over. Um, and so, so as you guys, um, kind of continue to recover from this, um, is there any, any lasting, um, damage and thing and recovery that you guys are going to have to do as you kind of move long-term? Yeah. Um, and you're right. You know, there, there gets to a point and that's what we do with the waters. Now we prepare the best we can. And then it's literally, you just sit back and watch because there's nothing you can do to stop it. Uh, you know, we, we try and, uh, and so it, it really is just kind of watching the power of create of, of nature do its thing. And it's interesting. 
what we're trying to do, we're trying to make changes as we go along uh, to the creek banks through the camp um, because that's where most of our damage is taking place is in the small creek actually going through our camp. And so being able to add some new retaining walls to help shore up the creek banks, um, uh, making sure that things aren't built in an area where they'll you know get damaged, uh, those are some things that we can do long term to try to, to help that situation. We have one low water crossing next to our tabernacle that it's it's a large concrete crossing with concrete tunnels in it and that literally just it's a dam for gravel and so as gravel is flowing through it stops all the gravel it's four probably four and a half feet tall from the bottom of the crossing to the top of it and we had that all cleared out nice and clean and so water could flow right through it and now you can just drive straight across the crossing and you don't you hardly even know it's there because the gravel has covered it up uh, so that's an issue for us. We need to, at some point, we need to be able to remove that low water crossing and put in another bridge downstream just a little bit so that we can still have access to the backside of our camp, but we don't have that structure stopping the flow of gravel so that it will go ahead and get out of the camp. Um, because what that also does then is it creates erosion when it's going over the crossing instead of going underneath it, creates erosion around the banks and it has destroyed 40 feet of retaining wall um, over the last couple of floods, and it's starting to eat away at that creek bank right up next to our tabernacle. So that's so we have some concerns like that long-term that we really need to take, uh, take into consideration and address as we move forward. Uh, our pool is it's one of those things that we, we don't have another location to move it. It's, it's in a great spot, technically, for, for where we are and what we have. Uh, we just... We have to deal with the water getting up close to it or going over it from time to time. Uh, we've talked about possibly doing a, a retaining wall around the pool, um, a four-foot retaining wall around the pool to keep water out um, in, in flood stage and still having the, you know, we can do some steel gates that can, we could be shut off to keep the water out during flood time and still have access to the pool. So we're looking at some things like that to help us keep from having to continually drain the pool and, and clean it because especially before this flood we had it ready to go it was ready to swim in and we were excited because uh, we had a donor purchase a pool cover for us this past year so we didn't have to put new water in we just took the cover off chlorinated it vacuumed it and it was ready to go and, and we were really excited because the water was actually fairly warm compared to normal <laughs> <laughs> so our lifeguards next monday are going to have a rude awakening when they jump in that water for the first time right. it's, it's gonna be pretty cold so on the, on the, on the spiritual side of camp, um, you know, you get to see a lot of cool stuff, um, happen, um, with, with kids and adults, uh, cause I think far too often in camp, um, people think it's just for the kids. And, uh, I know the experience that I have, um, working at the two camps that I help, uh, work with, um, I see more of a transformation through the adult leadership than I, and, and the kids too, but it's really kind of cool to see the leaders go from, I'm just here, you know, I got to do my job to, oh my gosh, that was such a great spiritual experience. Um, how do you think camp provides that opportunity for people to grow? Like what are some things that, that allow, um, especially at Egan, cause Egan's such, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of Egan. It's my favorite place uh, to be. Um, you know, what are some aspects of camp do you think provide for that? Yep. The whole camping experience, no matter where you are, um, takes you out of your comfort zone. 
I think you know, most people are not comfortable in an outdoor setting where it's a hundred degrees. Yeah. The air conditioning may or may not work. There may not be air conditioning. There's a lot of campgrounds that still don't have air conditioning. Uh, a good friend of mine is actually visiting the camp, visiting Egan this week from Michigan and, uh, and their camp does not have air conditioning in the cabins. Now they might get to a hundred the last week of, of July. So it's not, they don't need that much in Michigan, but uh, you know, that, that still pr- provides that outdoor experience. But um, we truly believe, and I truly believe that through the camping experience, being outdoors in creation and just some of the different experiences that take place at camp, it's, it's a whole nother experience where God can reach you in a different way than you get the other 51 weeks of the year. Uh, you know, we are able to, to really impact kids in a different way. It's, you're feeding them with a fire hose. You're, get, you're getting water through a fire hose that week, you know, essentially uh, through lessons and, you know, time in small group. And, and I agree with you, Matt. I think, you know, it's a great experience for the youth, but it has potential to be a stronger experience for adults. Because I think, you know, in my experience as a small group leader before I moved out to the camp, was that through helping lead the youth and children through the lessons and through the conversations, you learn more about your own faith journey and are able to grow more uh, through those conversations. So, uh, you know, I think it's hard to really kind of pinpoint it for me as far as what it is, but, you know, like I said, just being outside and the different experiences, you know, a lot of kids won't worship um, back at their local church, the way we worship at camp, you know, whether it be acoustic guitar or, you have a, a full band out there, you know, rocking out. You know, there's, uh, we still have a lot of churches that are a very traditional style, which is great. I, I'm not talking bad about traditional worship <laughs> uh, because I'm, I'm a fan of singing out of the hymnal with the pipe organ. Um, I really do. I enjoy the different types of, of worship experience. And I think that's another great thing about camp is that even those that are from a more contemporary style worship service at their local church, can still experience something something different at camp. So, uh, you know, being able to have the kids there, kids and adults there for a concentrated amount of time, where they can just be inundated with um, with their faith and, and a lot of different spiritual experiences, I think really makes a difference. You know, I, I you you could have been on our podcast a couple of weeks ago when we talked about worship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd have been perfect. Um, I've, I've done a lot of camping ministry out here and uh, I, I, I agree with the both of you, you know, um, going up as a leader and as a small group leader and as running camps and things like that. Uh, I learned just as much or more uh, about myself and about God than, than maybe you do. Um, and, and so I, I think that's a good awareness for um, us to carry through as we're, we're sending adults with kids and uh, trying to find leaders and send them out your way to, to you know, even just drive the van. I mean, I've, I've heard countless stories of, of uh, you know, and they just asked me to come up here and drive the van. <laughs> and here I am, <laughs> you know, yeah. I've had this amazing experience and, and that's really, really cool. Um, and, and so I guess my kind of turn that around, my question for, for you is, you know, you've, you've been there a while, you've seen a lot, you've experienced a lot uh, with kids and adults. Uh, what are some of your favorite what are your kind of go-to memories when you talk about camping okay. ministry? There's, um, there's two that just really jump out at me and uh, two very different experiences. Um, 
can't remember if it was last summer or the, or the summer before, we had a young camper uh, come to our junior high, senior high, uh, to one of our district camps, and, and she was a proclaimed atheist. And, but she came to camp anyways. And by Thursday evening, she could not sit still and worship. And you could just tell that the spirit was just whooping her, <laughs> and which is awesome. Uh, you could just see that something was going on and moving in her life and she didn't know what it was. And, uh, and that was just, that was a fun experience to then be able to see the adults work with her uh, to talk with her and then hopefully go, go back to the local church and, and jump into that even deeper. And, and that's really you know, part of what camp what camp is, is, you know, for a lot of people, it's the gateway into their faith. You know, a lot of people come out to camp without any relationship with Christ and, and it's such an awesome experience to see them gain that through their time at the camp and, and then be able to go back home and, and, and work on that and, and develop that even more. So it's, it's always fun, especially when you recognize the kids and see the kids from year to year to see how they're growing, not just spiritually, but even just in maturity in their, in their own life, uh, to be able to see how they mature and grow each year. There's several that I've, uh, now that I've been there six years, I've seen several campers from seventh grade, through graduation now and and that's that makes me feel old <laughs> but, um, you know some of the kids that you know were sixth graders with yeah. you my first summer here they're they're gonna be seniors this year and and so I, that's that's an awesome experience but um, sorry to di digress on that one of the other great experiences that I had was uh, we had a men's retreat coming out to the camp and and they've all dealt with, with struggles in their past. And, and one of the guys came in, just a big, burly biker. And I mean, because he got off his, he was rode in on his Harley. So this is, this is not a stereotype. He really is a big, burly biker. And um, just, a no, he's one of those guys you wouldn't want to come across, you know, normally in a dark alley. <laughs> and as he pulled in, I knew him from, you know, the years past. And, and he got in and, got off the bike and, and just took a deep breath. I said, wow, I'm home. And he comes out to the camp once a year. And, but just to see him, he, and he just said the weight of the world just felt just what came off my shoulders is I just pulled onto site, you know, just pulled, you know, came off the highway onto the gravel road. Um, he felt all the weight in the world just lifted off of his shoulders. And, and that's God, you know, Places like Egan, um, you know, are able to make that impact on people because the spirit of God is there and it's very present. You pull on the site and, you know, whether it be the experiences you've had there before, uh, you, you know, God is there. And in that moment and at that time, the world is is not there with you. You know, the struggles you're going through at that time, they're not part of your life for that for that moment. And so that's one of the greatest things that um, I get to experience being at Egan and in camps, you know, all across the country is that, you know, it really is, uh, it's a serenity, it's a surreal place for folks to come and be able to get away from the struggles that they're experiencing. They get to leave, you know, we talk to the adults at camp all the time about leaving it all behind, you know, whatever you're going through at home, Whatever struggles you have going on in your life right now, you know, that's not here. That's 
back there and we need to make sure that, you know, you're leaving it back there so that you can help the kids with another experience. And, and I think that's, you know, that's a great thing that everybody gets to experience when they come out to the sites. So, um, one of the cool features of Egan, and I have to talk about it because it's one of my favorites, uh, is the mud pit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you should see this guy <laughs> in the mud pit. <laughs> um, it's, uh, uh, it, you know, camp provides not only, um, you know, the spiritual aspect, but also that provides the fun, um, you know, the mud pit, at least my experience the last few years with kids, you know, and I've been at camps through it with all different ages is it's fun watching them. Like you can tell some of them that getting in a mud pit on a normal day wouldn't be their thing, but the moment that they go to camp and they enter into that mud pit, you can tell that they're having the, the time of their life. And it's, and it's something that they won't experience you know, anywhere outside of their normal everyday lives. And, and I, and I think that that's what camp really provides more than anything is it takes us out of our ordinary and brings us into something that, uh, is at times uncomfortable. I mean, I know like our young adult retreat and, and you've made this comment, we, we have an interesting cast and crew that always comes and every year it's been different. Um, but every year it seems like by that evening, uh, we come together as one, um, as, and, and have great conversation and great, um, discussion. And I think that that when camp, one of the things that camp does more than anything is that it provides a space that the church and the normal world really can't provide. And I think that that's, to me, that's the important part for camp and that's why we need camp. That's why, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big pusher of camps and any church I've ever served. I've, you know, I've always tried to make sure that we get kids at camp. Um, and, um, and so, you know, as, as we think about that, um, you know, we want to encourage the churches that no matter what denomination or whatever, you know, know that in most uh, states there is a United Methodist camp available for them that would love to take them uh, no matter where they're at on the journey and, and help you grow. Um, I know I was looking at New Mexico's camp uh, situation the other day just to see what they offered. Um, and, mm-hmm. You know, they do have opportunities for, for people of all ranges. And I, and I think that that's the other thing that, um, I've been working on here at this campus to try to get people to understand that camp is not just for youth and children anymore because mm-hmm. that there are opportunities for older adults and adults that to have an experience that, that maybe they had when they were a kid, maybe they went down to E and, and, and had that experience. And, you know, that's something they long for in their spiritual lives because they don't just make that time. And so, you know, we want to encourage people um, as you listen, you know, go ahead and register yourself, uh, either volunteer for camp or find a camp for you to, to be a part of, or, um, you know, uh, talk to your local church and see how you can be connected. Cause it, it makes a difference. I think camp is one of those, uh, things that everybody needs to experience at least once in their life, um, either as an adult. I know for me, um, I never attended church camp uh, when I was, uh, I didn't start uh, church until I was a junior in high school. And um, I just didn't go to camp because I was in sports and stuff. And so, um, but after I, uh, my freshman year in college, uh, I got thrusted into being a, I went, my very first camp was a sunshine camp and I was a shepherd and my kid, the kid that I was supposed to shepherd didn't show up. And so I stuck around for the weekend and then I ended up being there for the whole week for our district camp. And, um, it made a profound experience on my life. Um, so much so that I want to make sure that everybody at least attempts to have that experience. And so, um, Josh, we want to thank you for your time. Uh, we know you've got a busy schedule with uh, getting ready for camp and all the stuff that you've got going on. And we want to encourage our listeners and our, and our, uh, those that are listening either, uh, through our podcast through Apple, uh, or uh, Google play, or um, actually watching the YouTube video. Um, we want to encourage you to get connected um, with the camps and, um, you know, if you ever get a chance and you're out, um, in Eastern Oklahoma, come over and see Egan, um, and, and, 
uh, Josh will show you around. Uh, he's got a great little vehicle that he'll take you around on, and um, it, it's just a great experience. And it uh, would encourage you to, to get connected into your local camps. And so, uh, don't forget to check us out online at beardedtheologians.com and uh, pick up a mug or um, all that good stuff, and like us and share us and um, help us. Uh, uh, get all of our stuff out there. Um, we don't have near the cool swag that Egan does yet. But, oh, that's uh, awesome, though. I mean, uh, that's, that's good stuff right there. Uh, we're, we're getting there. Um, but, uh, you know, check out your camps. For the Bearded Theologians, I'm Matt Franks. I'm Zach Bechtold. Thanks for checking us out. Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening, and we hope that you share our content online uh, through Facebook and social media. And we hope that you check out our uh, Beardcast store at beardedtheologians.com and pick up some great Bearded Theologians gear. We hope you have a good day.